All right, here we go. Doc Talk time. I'm here. Jenna is there. We're meeting up in the Zoom sphere. I'm here. Jenna's there. And we're going to talk hair. <laughs> well, we were meant to talk hair last time. And then you just took me on a totally different track. <laughs> I, I, I can't even remember what we talked about last time. Did we talk about injuries? No, no we, talk, we talked sports injuries. That was it. We talked sports injuries last time. We put that in. That was James, it. I don't remember what I did yesterday or what I had for breakfast today. So who knows what we spoke about last time? Well, it's Doc Talk time, so I'm really excited. And I got to share with you my new obsession. I've got a new obsession, and it's, it's medical sort of related. I have now turned into a con- uh, converted nose washer. Twice a day, I do a nasal wash. Okay. Is it, there a particular reason that stimulated you to want to do so a nasal I, irrigation? A, a nasal a irrigation. So I used to, when I went and had some ear, nose and throat stuff a couple years ago, the guy suggested at that point that I do a little bit of nasal irrigation, which I thought was stupid and I didn't do it because I thought, you know, it's dumb. I don't like that idea. I don't want stuff going up my nose. And anyway, so for them, for whatever reason, I decided to try it. And now it's become an obsession. Twice a day, I do a, a nasal irrigation, and it's amazing the stuff that comes out of a nose. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. I have to say, so, you know, as a mum, you do nasal irrigation quite a lot on your children. So, you know, you, you squirt up. And if you've got um, sinuses that are blocked, you can do it to try and get rid of all the mucus yeah. that's there. But I would say doing it so often... Twice I think it's the saline wash that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Salty water. It can be a little bit aggressive on yeah. the nasal mucosa. You don't want to cause bleeding okay. or yeah. any irritation, James. So, you know, yeah. twice a day, maybe. Maybe. If I get, if I get irritation, I'll, I'll dial it back. Yeah, yeah. But, so and you'll the, know if you get irritation. So the positive side is I was using Rhinocort quite a bit for, you know, to bring down swelling and stuff of, of, since I've started doing the irrigation, I haven't used it at all. Okay. So it's having a beneficial so effect on it's, you. It's done something. It's, it's getting into the passages and it's clearing something. The, the only downside is because I have a little bit of that deviated septum thing going down, which at some day I might get it fixed when, when hospitals aren't busy with other things. So I was like, no, I said, so guys, I do that. You know, how old are you? And I said, you know, and he says, well, you've lived it with this long. When do you think this happened? I told him when he goes, can you keep living with it? I'm going, yeah. He goes, think, think, keep doing what you're doing. But because of the deviated septum, sometimes after I've done those nasal washes, like two hours later, you'll kneel over and look down and I get some of the trap, trap saline comes out yes yeah because you people often think if it goes into the nose it's just going into the nose and they forget you've got sinuses yeah. all around your cheeks or above your eyes as yeah. well and sometimes a little pocket just gets stuck uh, and then it'll come out when you're not expecting so i always thought oh i hope that stuff's not getting caught up there because then i'm always thinking warm wet moist place growth of stuff but i guess the saline doesn't really promote that growth so much so I don't know. It's it look it's okay and with medicine it's always about a cost versus benefit. So yeah. currently you're getting a benefit yeah. from you know the potential for a little bit of irritation. So you're getting the benefit it's it's okay. I'm just saying you know be aware that it can cause a bit of okay. uh, irritation. For other people whose sinuses are completely normal, if they said they just want to do it from like a cleanliness point of view, I'd maybe suggest you're not really going to get any benefit from that if your sinuses aren't problematic. Yeah. But you may more likely to cause a bit of irritation or bleeding. Yeah. So 
you know, James, it's like I say, it's sort of, it's, it's a seesaw and it's just finding yeah. that balance, isn't it? It's interesting though, seeing what comes out because it's, uh, yeah. It's... <laughs> you, you seem to be quite focused on what comes I'm out. I'm very James. focused. I feel like you want to tell us? <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it's, I think everyone should just do this just to see if anything comes out and just to do a little assessment. It's uh, nasty. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I hate to think what comes out of yours. But, yeah. It got me thinking of other washes you can do. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, I'm not going down that path. But it's like, hmm, I can see how people would get into that because they'd want to, you know. Feel yeah, clean. Feel clean. <laughs> but, go. you know, in, in again, talking about life sort of as a medic or in healthcare, you pick you pick the type of bodily fluid that you can entertain. So for uh-huh. me, I don't love the smell of sick. I can do it. I really don't. I really don't mind feces. Again, it's okay. not my favorite, but I, but I can. I can do it, James. I can cope with it, but I cannot cope with mucus. Yeah. And I sometimes, you know, patients will come in or will be. Um, they'll have brought like their sputum sample. Oh or, no, no, no! It, and it's it's fine because yeah. you know everyone's just got things that they can tolerate and things that they can't. And I, I find sputum quite difficult. And when we were in ICU, I would really struggle because we'd often have to do suctioning, <gasps> uh-huh. and I'd, I'd find it really, really, really hard to, um, to to do it because it was it's just not my bodily fluid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, the marvelous medic. Do, do we know what uh, her her acceptable fluid is? My friend Sultana. So Sultana, who I my... I call the lipstick model. That's the nickname I give her. She's got the best <laughs> red lipstick. I follow her just She's for got the some lipstick. Lips. I follow her for the lipstick. I mean, I don't know. She writes about all sorts of medical stuff. I'm just looking for the lipstick. That's it. So I have to tell you about Sultana. She. So Sultana is on Instagram and I believe Facebook is Marvelous Medic. She's got a really great following. She's really looks into like the BAME community and um, sort of inequalities in healthcare. And she's, she's really great. She's a good friend of mine. We clinical partners because we didn't want a clinical partner. So in medicine, you get, you get put with someone and then you spend three years every day with them. I liked my freedom. She liked her freedom. And they were like, no, we're going to put you two together. And we became the best of friends on the back of it. Um, and I, I'm trying to think about what bodily fluids, like generally, Sultana didn't like bodily fluids. Okay. She liked to talk to patients. She'd examine them, but I don't think she was a fan of bodily fluids. I can literally see her face. <laughs> talk about it, but don't show me. Don't things. show me. It was yeah. like, <laughs> it reminds but, but, me of t- wonderful, wonderful doctor, <laughs> wonderful human being. It reminds me of those dermatologists who will look at the rash, but they don't want to get anywhere near the rash. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I'm thinking, but you're a dermatologist. Aren't you supposed to prod and probe and take, yeah, I don't want to touch that. It's like, <laughs> my, my favorite was there was an anesthetist once and she said, hang on. I'm an anaesthetist. I don't touch patients. <laughs> it really made me laugh because, you know, it's true. You, you pick your specialty depending on what you can cope yeah. with. Yeah. For me, James, I could never be an obstetrician or gynecologist. I'm terrified of women's areas. So, you know, it, it, again, other people have got no problem and whatever. Yeah. Childbirth. I mean, I, I was there for, I, I mean, I, those, those gynecologists, obstetricians, they, they, they need a medal because I was there for both of my boys being born. And when they get out the black bag and they put down on the floor or whatever it was, they put the, the stuff <laughs> down there and I'm going, what's that for? And then it's like, whoa, <laughs> it's like, where's the, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, nah, it was, just, it was, yeah. 
It's an education. It's an education, exactly. Oh, hey, hey, but you know what we're talking about? You've got marvelous. <laughs> it's not hair. any of this. Yeah, yeah none of this. <laughs> Segue <laughs> into you've got marvelous looking hair today, by the way. Not that it isn't always marvelous, but it is. No, it's it's not actually, James. I've got and, no um, product I'm... in mind today. It's like product free. It's just car blown. Well, I told you that your hair looks different every time I see you these days. I, you know, it's getting a little longer. I'm, I'm getting close to maybe I'll go get another trim because when I let it get too long, then I want to put color back into it. And I keep thinking it would be nice to be blonde again. But then if I get tired of being blonde as I was for, you know, 18 years, I got to shave the head off and who knows what, what I'll get then. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want there to be no hair. So that would be terrible. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, hair, and actually it's funny if you look at our family album, and and family picture wall one of the discerning characteristics of our family is my hair changes dramatically in all the pictures and in a year (laughs) typically it could change whereas everyone else seems to be very much the same and the same style of cut whereas Mm -hmm. mine all over the place you just never know what you're going to get in that hairstyle yeah and it's, I think it's a lot of it's your hair cuts and also that you've not been afraid to do some radical stuff yeah. to your hair. Well, and you know why that is, is because I have a full thick head of hair and I am the barber's d- dream because I have thick hair and my hair is very full. It's not, I don't really have a receding hairline. I'm not experiencing hair loss and it's straight. So barbers just kind of go like, you're a hair model. Yeah, we can, I can do anything with your hair and it's, it's fun to be your next career. It's fun. I I have gone to hairdressing schools where I'm the person they do the haircutting with and hair dyeing. It's, uh, you're wasted at this university. (laughs) What are you doing teaching about communication? So I have done that, but you know, it's, it's, you you are getting a student, so you got to be aware that you could end up leaving with something you didn't intend. So. But it's, yes. Well, then you'd have very different hair. But you are you're in the minority, actually, because majority oh, really? of men by 35 start to experience some level of hair loss. Ah. I mean, I've got a little bit, but it's not really receding or anything. Like, and it's definitely not thinning. They have to get out no, the, the thinning. Line. They have to get out the thinning shears every time when they do that cut to try and take some of the hair away. Well, a lot of it's genetics, isn't it? So you'll often see. Is, is that for families. real? Because we we hear that. I hear that it's genetic. Is that, is that is that just a wives' tale, or is that? No, it's not. It's the same for women as well. Oh, okay. That there is definitely a genetic component, and the reason that it happens more in men than women is that men have more testosterone. Testosterone breaks down to something called DHT, and then you have the receptors for that, sort of just on the mainly on the top of your head, not at the sides. And so for women, we have a lot less testosterone. Um, and it's called, I think it's androgenic alopecia. So an alopecia is loss of hair. So uh, however, how much testosterone or your levels or how many receptors you have in your your head and whereabouts they're found, it, it's, it's genetic. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it, well, there's certainly a genetic component to it. I, I always feel a little, a little, little mm-hmm. sad for, and as you speak, some women lose, experience hair loss. And I've, you, you see these, these women, they're, they're often in their seventies plus, and they've got very thinning hair. And I often feel really sorry for them because you can see that they've put a lot of effort into the hairdo. So I'm dating myself when someone goes for a hairdo and their hair is beautiful, but you can see their scalp. And I'm thinking, oh, she must be just mortified at that. Yeah, so again, that is female pattern balding. It's a little bit different because ah, okay. it's not going backwards. 
uh-huh. it's usually around the hairline. So it tends to, you tend to lose it on the, the sides of the, the hairline. And very traumatic, I think traumatic for anyone that loses their hair. And a lot of men are kind of speaking up about how hard they found losing their hair. But I think even more traumatic for women, your hair is associated with the femininity. Yeah. It's like a, a confidence boost. There were surveys done on what would you rather have more hair or lose weight and a lot of people said better hair, you know, to have yeah. that lovely, big, thick, vivacious hairs. Really, really, it's what a lot of people want and what so, they aspire to have. So male pattern hair loss is testosterone driven. Women pattern baldness is what drives that? Again, it's more likely genetic. Genetic, okay. And yeah, and because it's it's different, the type of balding that you tend to get. Yeah. So it's usually more genetic. Okay. Uh, but you know there are other things that can cause hair loss generally. Um, but there's actually there's loads of different things, James. So it's not always a genetic aspect. It's not normally female or male pattern balding. It can be a whole variety of things. Whether it's an illness, um, and I, I, I'm sure you read our sheet. We always make a little sheet before we start the podcast on different things. And your hair goes through cycles. And you've got the cycle like androgen where you're building new hair and 85% of your hair is in that. Then you've got catagen where it's kind of stops for a while and then telogen, which is effectively where at the end of that it falls out. And if you have a major trauma in your life, whether emotional or physically, so it could be a huge hemorrhage, time in ICU, um, emotional, whether that is the grief or the loss of somebody or whatever is driving your stress, that can push your hair into the phase where you tend to lose more uh, or actually just completely stop growing hair for a while. So that's a really common one that people would tend to get. Hmm. Everyone moans about hair loss in Dubai. Yeah. They, I mean, have you ever heard of anyone that doesn't moan about hair loss No, everyone blames the water. They just say you know, we're used to desalinated water and it has an impact on hair loss. Yeah. So the, the water in Dubai is very hard. So you've got hard and soft water. And when water is very hard, it makes the hair more brittle. And so it breaks easier. So yeah, that, so products that you're using, different types of shampoos can do it. Same as medications, different types of medications. We all know, or it's very common to know that when someone has cancer and they engage in chemotherapy, the often chemotherapy will cause hair loss. And the reason is, is chemotherapy attacks areas of the body with rapid cell turnover. And often that is also with the follicles of the hair. And so it will cause hair loss. Um, not every chemotherapy agent causes that, by the way, but a lot do. Um, or it could even be sort of a general illness. So is it a thyroid problem? Is it that you're deficient, um, maldeficient, so you don't have all the nutrients that you need in order to produce good quality hair? Is it that you have a fungal infection on your hair and as a byproduct of that actually it attacks the follicles? You get fungal infections on our hair? Like that's a real thing? Yeah, yeah, you get ringworm on your head. You can get, get lots that, of things. Is that common? Um, I wouldn't say it's common per se, but it, it certainly happens. I've seen it, I've seen it plenty of times. And so what, what we'll do as a byproduct is it damages the follicle and the hair can fall out. And often the use of the antifungal will help it to, it will just start to grow back. But no, you do, you see that a lot. And in fact, you said about my hair, I was about to tell you, I have hair extensions in. So, um, I, which is what a lot of people do who have thin hair like I do. And if these are tied too tightly or someone has cornrows, that can pull on the scalp and cause tension alopecia. So the the tension of pulling on the scalp actually can result in hair loss if it's not done properly. And if that causes scarring, then you don't get any hair growing back at all. 
I mean, when you think about it, there's so many things that can get in the way. It's amazing we have full heads of hair, yet, <laughs> you know, and, and when, you, when you talk about... It's amazing you've got a full head of hair, mine's well, fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have some hair. Where, where's, where do the extensions start? Uh, so for the people that are listening, they won't be able to actually see this, but here... Oh, no, I've we post it. We're on YouTube. We're on YouTube, Jenna. That's it's okay. Just, are we YouTubers entirely now? I, I and and we do audio, so people might be listening audio, but they're also watching video. So in video, I have two <laughs> rows. I have a row here. Well, that's really high up. Yeah, and there's another one. Actually, the other one's even higher, James. Wow. Yeah. Now, I, I I actually got rid of them when I had my boys four years ago and I never really felt myself and I had them put back in and I have to say there's also there's a lot of ethical issues around having hair extensions or real hair replacements there's talk about the ladies that provide the hair I mean it's really it's actually really weird I have somebody's hair you have someone's actual hair in your head yeah it's real real hair okay you pay more for real hair it's totally weird do you know the lady who gave it to you do you know anything about her do you No, no no I don't and there is a school of thought that these people gain money when they wouldn't otherwise have money for okay. their hair. And there is another school of thought that often it's taken from young children or yeah. these people are desperate and they don't get paid like fairly for it. Yeah. And I actually believe that there's probably a market out there and it might exist for ethical hair extensions huh. so that the, the ladies that get them are, are, are paid appropriately. I, I really, I really, I really don't know. I never I really thought of that. Know you know, when, you, when we talk hair extensions... I honestly never gave it much thought. And somewhere in my mind, I thought it was all just synthetic hair. I never thought of it as being potentially a a whole side of it could be real hair. I never thought of that at all. Synthetic hair mats, and I've had it before. Ah, It's a nightmare, especially when you're dealing with hard wash in Dubai. But the point is, is that I have thin hair naturally, so I can boost it. The problem with female pattern balding is that it's on the hairline. So So how do you then just... Yeah, so what do people do? Because I know with, with men, you get those, you, we've seen the men who've gone bald and they've got that whole slide going up or they've got something going. There's, there's, a, there's a gentleman and, and, and he, Aldrin, I'll, I'll name him. I'll name him, shame him because he won't mind. And Aldrin, oh, Aldrin? Aldrin is at Creative Mornings. So if you're, you know, you, everyone's going to know Aldrin. If you go and look at Creative Mornings, you're going to see him. And Aldrin was doing that. Pre-COVID, he was that guy. And we had a big conversation about it, whereas he's going bald up top. So he would, you know, find all the ways to manipulate his hair. And then finally, when COVID hit and they were locked down for a while, he just said, I got to do something with my hair. And he shaved it down and got it down so that, you know, he's got a little bit of hair, but he's not trying to cover the spot anymore. And he, and he, he kind of looked at it and his wife looked and she said, you know what? You look better. You look better doing this as opposed to trying to comb over yeah the comb over because you don't want to admit that you know i've got a bald spot which i think it looks worse when you do the comb over because it's obvious that there's a bald spot there what are you trying to yeah but that's you know so many people guys get so embarrassed of losing their hair and my granddad was the funniest so he had a comb over (laughs) and he had a little comb and some hairspray in the kitchen and it was always singing, so it'd be like, underneath the arches. And then as soon as it came to doing his hair, he didn't want anyone to hear. But you cannot disguise a kind of hairspray. And he'd start singing louder as he was spraying it on his head. Um, we, all, we all knew what he was doing, but it was like, it was, it was really quite cute. But there's a lot more available for people yeah. now. What about the toupees? Now, I mean, for women, wigs are a po- used to be a popular thing. I don't think they're, are they popular anymore? Because it's always... Uh, I, I, 
Yeah, no, I know quite a few women that do have wigs in order to uh, to hide their hair. Oh. I think you have to get a good quality one, otherwise they can be a bit itchy, uncomfortable, yeah. and even then they still are known to be a bit okay. uncomfortable generally. And then the guys get their wigs, toupees. I've seen I've seen some really bad ones in the last couple months that you're kind of looking going, no, no, what have you done? <laughs> You can get some really good ones as well, yeah, though, yeah. The, and you can even get a whole variety of them where That's what I they think. basically they start to show as the hair's getting longer, and ah. then it looks as if you've had a haircut, and ah. you go back through them. Ah, I like that idea. And then what? Now, what? Do, what are your thoughts about hair plugs and all that kind of stuff? Because I see those advertised on Instagram. I think that you have to be careful who's doing them. Ah. So you need to get someone that's reputable. You need to find out how they're doing them. A lot of them will do it literally as if it's placed follicle by follicle and they, they look really natural. I think... Where do they get they the follicles from? They, they, they get them actually from the hair. So I'm, They, they the can hair use my ears. I, I'm generating so much ear hair. It's like... <laughs> I, I see people who are going bald and they got so much ear hair or, or back hair. Couldn't they just go and get mm. the ear hair and put it there? Like, it grows really fast. I'm pretty sure they can't, oh, no, okay. James. And... <laughs> Also, um, the quality of the hair transplant depends on the quality of the person's own natural hair anyway. So if they've got good hair around here, they're going to get a better result on top. But there are other things that you can do before that. Hair transplant is definitely going to be the fix for, and this is, again, more for male patterns. But it's not 100% guaranteed, though. um, Not necessarily guaranteed, as I say. It depends on who's done the surgery. It depends on... The equipment that they're using, it depends on the quality of the hair as well. And with anything in life, you can never guarantee. Mm. Um, But, you know, majority of the time it is successful. But, you know, there are things that you can do before that. And this applies for anybody. So it doesn't, not just for people with male pattern balding. Check off list. So this is, what do I do? Someone who's been listening and they're thinking, okay, I'm not going to go get plugs. I really don't want to wear wigs. I've, I know that stress is a factor. I know that vitamin D can be a factor. I know that hereditary issues can be a factor. I'm getting old. That can be a factor. And eh, there's a list going on. And people are now, you know, they're, they're in tears thinking that their life is over. And you've got a list of potential things we can do. You alluded to one, so vitamin D, but that also comes with biotin, keratin, vitamin C and protein and iron. So a really good rounded diet. Okay. Okay. So you want to make sure you've got enough blood available to get to the follicles and that you've got the nutrition in order to make the hair. Okay. So diet, if your diet's a little bit depleted, make sure you take a a multivitamin, a really good quality multivitamin or get regular IV vitamins, whatever it is that you feel like you need to do, make sure your diet's on check. That's number one. Okay, diet. Diet. Yeah. Number two is adequate sleep as well. We <laughs> about, these, are the, these are the fundamentals. It's, it's basically number one is not just diet. Number yeah. one is looking after yourself. Okay. So sleep, anxiety, um, make sure you look after your levels of stress. Try and get as physically active again. That helps with blood flow generally because it keeps yeah. the blood pressure going. Okay, so okay. diet, sleep, Num- stress. Okay, diet and sleep. Yeah. So... Okay, we're, we're getting somewhere here. So then the next one is you can use um, volumizing shampoos. So you don't want to use shampoos that have got heavy conditioners in or leaving conditioners because it will generally make the appearance of the hair to be flatter. So you want to use something that's volumizing and quite light. So volumizing shampoo. The other that people say is about hot and cold therapy to the head. Mm. Uh, it d- Basically, what you're trying to do is you're just trying to encourage 
hair growth. And by having a good active blood supply, it does encourage hair growth. And so you can maybe label this topic blood supply to the head. And there's a few ways you can do it. Hot and cold therapies, they're probably the easiest one. And that is just blasting your hair with hot water, blasting it with cold, blasting it with hot, blasting it cold, and just sort of doing it whenever you can in the shower. Number two could be using something called minoxidil, which is a vasodilator. So it opens up your blood vessels and you use that twice a day and it can help encourage hair growth in the area. You, even if you start now, it can take up to 12 months to really notice wow. the difference. But that's a lot term. of people, it's like a foam. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a lot a long of people term. really swear by it. Yeah. yeah. And the other is something called PRP, which I have to say, I think gives really good results from what I've seen. And that is platelet-rich plasma. So you go to a specialist clinic. They will take blood from your arm. They will centrifuge it to get all the platelets, um, which have got growth factors in, etc. And you inject it into the concerned area. I think it can be a little bit uncomfortable to have it injected as well. Um, And patients I used to do it on often would say it's not, you know, the most comfortable thing. Um, But they got really good results. Yeah. the next one as well is people have used like infrared caps and okay. it's like heat, effectively like like a heat cap. Yeah. And again, it's to encourage blood vessels to come to the surface um, to dilate and to encourage blood flow. So I guess that's all under the, the blood flow category. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So increasing the blood flow. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything that come, that we've been, we've been talking about ultimately though, comes back to lifestyle and and just sort of you know healthy blood flow comes from someone who's eating well and is having the right nutrition and who's sleeping enough and isn't so stressed and then we can do all these other things that that are going to help that well there are others as well you can you can start to think about taking medication for male pattern um pattern born it bored what is wrong baldness, with my mouth baldness, baldness. <laughs> <laughs> male pattern balding you can also use something called finasteride, which we use it in prostate, um, in enlarged prostates, prostate cancer. And it can help to basically estrogenize your testosterone. So estrogen becomes a bit more predominant than testosterone. And therefore you don't get that male pattern balding as much. Probably the most successful treatment, but the one with the most side effects. Uh, if you increase a man's estrogen, it can affect his libido. It can affect his mood. It yeah. can affect his body as yeah, well. Okay. So great results, but not without risks. Um, yeah. And then, um, I was actually thinking of a, another one that you could do quite easily, but it's gone out of my head, James. Also, <laughs> also uh, the other one I was going to say is just make sure this is just should have been my first one. <laughs> it was the one I couldn't remember. Make sure medically that you're well. And that doesn't just mean about rest, sleep, check, have someone look at your head. Is there any sign of fungal infections or otherwise? Um, check your thyroid, check your iron levels, and just sort of generally give you a bit of an MOT. You wouldn't tend to advise certain shampoos, conditioners without checking that the patient was okay. And also don't don't tie your ponytail too high or get hairstyles that are going to pull on the scalp and damage the follicle. You know, this whole idea that loss of hair can be an indicator of something else going on in your body. I never think about that. But when you think about all the different things when you're, when you're getting ill or people are, are feeling sick and they say, oh, you know, I'm losing my hair. And then they find out that they've got some other illness. It's, yeah. it's what a great indicator. What a great notification well, to people. Also, just generally, um, losing your hair can be a sign of the immune system attacking the hair follicles. You mm. can have just alopecia. Um, so it's always good to go and get it checked out, yeah. especially if it's... If people are noticing you've got clumps coming out in the shower, 
you know, everyone loses some hair, but if you really get something that is like, whoa, hang on, this doesn't feel normal, then it probably isn't. Since since I stopped dyeing the hair, and as I said, we had a good 18 years of platinum blonde, beautiful hair. Since I stopped dyeing it, I think my hair has gotten a lot more healthy. They, that, that yeah. was, those chemicals that, you know, all those sorts of stuff were, were absolutely not good. <laughs> dyeing your hair, especially bleaching your hair, makes the hair a little bit more brittle and more mm. likely to snap. So definitely. And the perm is probably the worst because yeah. a perm, your, your hair is basically three strands strapped around each other. Now, I have to say, I was told this by a hairdresser when I was about 12. So whether this is accurate, I'm not sure, but she was very confident in what she told me and I remembered it forever. She said, your hair is three strands wrapped around each other and by perming it, you basically untangle those three strands so they become thinner and more brittle, but they're they're curly. Ah, so ah. perming is probably one of the worst things you can do for your hair. And, and I know that to be true. And then think of the number of women who get permed hair. A bit, yeah. bit less than it used to be, James. What, what year are you living in? <laughs> they don't get perms? <laughs> Color treatments no. and all that stuff? Come on. James, who gets a perm in the 2022? <laughs> Nobody? <laughs> Nobody? I My grandma, know. if she could get out, <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research on that. <laughs> get it checked out. Come in oh. Jenna, you you got to get back to work. I, I, we can I see. have. I've got to get back. I'm in the cupboard. I'm currently you're, in the store You're in the cupboard. There's going to be someone knocking on there. Who's in there? Who's in there? It's- <laughs> I, I can I literally see people walking past thinking, gosh, am I speaking too loudly? So yeah, I, I, yeah and I, I know you've got to go and teach. i got to go and teach. You know what? This has been fantastic. We're going to pick up again very, very soon. Everything you wanted to know to get your uh, a primer in hair loss for men and women, that is what Dr. Jenna has just given us. Thank you very much, Jenna. Look forward to talking to you again really, really soon. Speak soon, James. Take care. Bye.